Thanks for joining us, Jim of the Buckeye Boy, the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. 101 1 FM, 1340 AM here in the Valley, along Highway 50 and North Fork, 102.1 FM. And of course, online all the time at the team1340.com. You can ask your smart speaker to play the team as well. You have one of those. This hour brought to you by Preston Lee. Country Financial believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right. So, have you, you've moved before, right? Yes. How many things did you lose when you moved? On an average. Because you've moved how many times in your life now? Uh, let's see. Probably just in the last 15 years. One, two, three, four, five times. Ooh. But, like, I don't I don't have a full house to move. Right. It's just you. It's just been you and your it's stuff. It's just been me and my stuff, which... And there's not a whole lot to lose. So it's not been that bad. So you, I don't remember anything specifically that... I lost, lost. Yeah, because we lost a couple things yesterday. <laughs> Fortunately, got one of them replaced. No, there are things for their, I've for kind of sleep found number bed. eventually, right? Right, guess, and I'm sure but... we'll probably find the remote to mm-hmm. that, too. But I, because it's been, we've lived in our house for 22 years. And yeah. so it's been a, there are a lot of stuff you accumulate over Yeah, there. oh, yes, no doubt about that. And, and so, fortunately, at least, knock on wood so far, we haven't lost... Too many things yet. Anything now, really major. Yeah, now it's the let's dig through boxes and find stuff that we mm-hmm. that we need and hopefully we label the box correctly and we know where to find where right. we're looking for the, the thing that we need at that moment. So yeah. Uh it's been fun to find a different place to live. It's been uh, exciting, but also the moving part has been well, if anybody says moving's fun, what is wrong with them? They need to seek some professional help. I do. I do appreciate the people that have. We've told them we're moving. Have offered to help move. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much to the folks that have. That's why That's I very... don't own a truck. <laughs> and I've I've helped a few people move over the years, and but I appreciate the people that have made that offer. But like, no, and you've got you got your own life, got your own stuff. You don't. And once you, you get over that. thirty, pizza and beer is not an adequate payment for helping not, somebody move. Not really. Not really. Especially anymore. when it's your truck. Your insurance. Exactly. Your gas. You know, your gas. Well, your co-payment at the doctor's office when you <laughs> rent your back, helping somebody move their couch up three flights of stairs. That's they. Nobody's play, paying for that back surgery. You know what I mean? That's out of your pocket. So pizza and beer, that's just not going to cover it. Yeah. I've been there before, mostly in college. Mm-hmm. Helped some guys move a piano once up like two or like two or three flights of stairs. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? See, that that's another benefit up until marriage. It was just me. So it was my bed, which it's a bed, right? right? No frame. I'm a box spring on the floor guy, which is, was totally fun. Now I have a frame because I also have a wife. And so it was like a recliner and lots of boxes. So it was max two trips in a truck. Oh, yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, and the person that usually has the truck to help me move by his Chinese buffet lunch, we're good. He's we're good. Yep. Got, got him covered. Yeah. But if it was more furniture, 
more trips, oh, a yeah. weekend thing, that would not suffice. Right, which if there's ever the day that you and Karen decide to move, mm-hmm. you'll go, oh my God, what are we doing it here? It may <laughs> cost as much in payment for favors as the trip to St. Yeah. Martin did. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll easily be oh, that yeah. much, it'll, trust it'll me. It'll be... Trust me, because can we count between your combined stuff, yeah. your combined stuff, it's it's going to be a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's going to be a lot. All right, so uh, texture calls today nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Jim, along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. And thanks to Bozarth Miller for keeping my truck running because I've needed a lot mm-hmm. to haul a bunch of stuff here the yeah. last uh, week or so. All right, we're into the eight o'clock hour, and it's time for. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right, we should start out with the news that that actually broke yesterday at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. And that's former Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter. He surrendered to police in Athens, Georgia last night after a warrant was issued for his arrest earlier in the day. He was charged with reckless driving and racing in relation to a car crash that killed Carter's college teammate, uh, Devin Willock and football team staff member Chandler LaCroix in January. Carter said in a statement on Wednesday that he would leave the scouting combine in Indy in order to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. That athens Clark County jail record show that Carter was booked in last night and that he was released uh, later that later last night. He posted bond uh, totaling four th- bonds totaling $4,000 before being released. And Carter says he believes he'll be fully exonerated, is one of the top prospects in this year's draft class, and is projected to be a top five pick. Though, those predictions were before all this happened with the the incident involving the, yeah. the death of, uh, of Devin Willock and also Chandler LaCroix. Yeah. I... And once it's again, just, we have... another. Sorry, go ahead. It's another dumb decision by a football player in a car. I mean, what? Henry what Ruggs III. What are you doing racing? I mean, he wasn't even racing anybody. He was just driving he insanely just fast driving in Las insanely Vegas. Insanely fast and maybe and drunk. And, and probably and, and drunk. And so, I, I just, I just don't get it. Where, I mean, if you watch too many too many Fast and the Furious movies, I mean, what what's What's the deal mm-hmm. when you put yourself when you're putting other people at risk when you do that, and then you're also putting your career, your potential career at risk because it could involve jail time. It could involve you not being available for the draft because you could be in jail potentially, and you don't know how for how long that you might be in jail. I mean, he'll lawyer up. Probably won't lead to that, but man, it's it's certainly. But it also leads to questions about the character of the guy. About is this a guy that we can count on to be at the facility when we need him to be there, to be at training camp, to be at OTAs, to keep keep you know keep himself on the right side of the law when he's when he's away from the football field. This is the kind of stuff that makes teams question. Well, the, the talent's undeniable. Carter's a heck of a defensive tackle. But it makes you, if you're, if you're a team, if you're a GM, you're going, can I count on this guy? 
it, to me, he's radioactive right now. Absolutely he is. And he could very well have just taken himself out of being a top five pick. And I think if you're a team that's willing to to give him a shot, boy, Jalen Carter better get his act together. And he, and he better right be, now. Yeah. We're hoping some really good lawyers to keep him from going to jail. Going to jail. And so, you know, as far as the the criminal charges, you know, it's the, it's been two misdemeanors: reckless driving and racing. So at the moment, the, the charges themselves are not the kind of thing that's going to put him in jail. And, and, you know, he would not be available to anybody who drafted him for, for years. Mm-hmm. It's not that kind of thing at all. But this is, I mean, this is the most visible. But when this news started to break, you started to hear some of your NFL sources and draft experts in this thing. Like, he has a lot of questions about his maturity. And this just kind of speaks to that. Now, he wasn't driving the car that crashed. So we need to clarify that he was involved in the racing, but he did not. He was not driving the car that, that killed his teammate and the staff member. Mm-hmm. And that, like he participated in an illegal race, that resulted in one of the cars crashing. So, does he deserve a second chance? Yes. Hopefully, he learned something big from this. Should it be within a month of what blew his first chance? I don't know, but he's he's, he's going to take a hit here because he's he could very well no longer be a top five pick. Mm-hmm. It depends on how teams view him, right? Yeah. Do they view this as beca- a, a potentially chronic problem with his character? Or is this young guy did stupid thing, young guy's going to have to pay a criminal price, not, it's not going to be lots and lots of jail time or anything mm-hmm. like that, and can we now believe that he has learned his lesson from being involved in this? I found the one tweet I remember from Albert Breer. NFL teams had a lot of questions concerning Jalen Carter's maturity slash makeup that went back well before this incident. Okay. Obviously, this would qualify as a pretty serious red flag stemming from a tragic situation. Those in the top five have a lot to dig through on the Georgia Star. And so now you have to decide, is the talent so undeniable that you can overlook a, a pattern of a behavior that that makes you question how he's going to handle himself away from the football field. Not for me. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying that that you're if you're a GM, no, you have that's to, a question. Absolutely, it's a question you have to ask yourself. Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel confident that that you're able to work, that this guy's going to work for you? That you're going to be able to reach him. Get him to understand this is what we expect from you as a professional football player, member of our organization, mm-hmm. that this this behavior you've had in the past is no longer acceptable. What you got away with in high school, maybe in college, that that's not going to fly anymore. Can you get him to understand that? And do you feel like the you can get that message to him and he, that message is going to be received? Yeah. That's the thing. Like I don't, I don't really know about that. Chicago, Houston, Arizona, Indy, Seattle. That's your top five. How much does this situation resonate there? How much are these front office people going to have to deal with this? Are defensive linemen 
a need for those five teams to where they would have to worry about that, right? I just think with as much publicity that a lot of these things get now, I don't know if it's worth the trouble for the teams anymore. Because nobody nobody wants to deal with this stuff. Right. And I just think that if you're you know, if you're one of those top five teams, mm-hmm. is he worth the trouble? I'm glad and, the Browns I, don't have a first-round pick. They'd probably draft him. The way Jimmy Haslam operates. And give him guaranteed money. All of it. And like we said, this is not something new in regard to no. to issues involving him. This is just the, the visible, the most visible current incident. You know, back in December, draft analysts called out Carter for what he described as character issues. This was Todd McShay who said that, by mm-hmm. the way. He says, it's interesting with Carter. We all agree. It doesn't take a super scout to figure out that he's a phenomenal player in the interior. With Carter, there are some character issues. Does he get along with everybody? What's he like to deal with in the locker room? Those sorts of issues. I know it's early in the process, but I'm forewarning everyone out there. Carter's going to be kind of a hot button name when we talk about some of the intangible aspects of it. And he thinks Pete Carroll, with the Broncos pick, could take Carter because he's been a coach that typically has drafted players that have had character issues, and those things have seemed to work out. You know, Carter defended his character ahead of the Chick-fil-A Bowl, said, I'm a really good teammate. If You you can ask any of my other teammates, and they'll always tell you the same thing. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're a walk-on, I always feel like I'm always going to help you out because that's been part of the question was his relationship with some of his teammates. And some like Nolan Smith have have come out and defended him vehemently. And that's from McShay. That's vague enough. And that's a thing that how are we ever really going to find that out? Right. True. Now, Breer is a different side, like maturity and makeup. You can kind of get the feeling from somebody that if they're immature. They make immature decisions just based on talking to them, really, right? You don't need to ask everybody in the locker room, hey, was he nice to you? To find out if he's a good locker room guy. But if he makes immature decisions, like street racing that causes a car to crash and kill two people, that's not a great decision. That's not a very good decision-making process that you want on your team. Because it leads to, can I trust this guy? Is this guy worth us investing a, a mm-hmm. top five draft pick in, investing our time, effort, money into a player that we that has questionable judgment? Yeah. Also, you have we talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit last hour that he was on the uh, Aubrey Marcus podcast that uh, he emphasized Rodgers did he'll make his decision soon. But I also, have no idea who they are. No Didn't you go on this podcast last year, too, now I that think, I think about it? I think so. But he also wants to be absolutely sure about it, so he avoids pulling a Brett Favre. And that's... And Rogers used that phrase. He actually used Favre's unretirement as an example of something he does not want to do. Okay. He says, I feel really good about the conversations that are going to be had that have been had with important people in my life, yourself included. Apparently, this was at the Marcus guy? 
I, the, the, I don't know. But I'm not. Like, but I'm not looking for somebody to tell me what the answer is. All the answers are right inside of me. I've touched many of the feeling. I've touched many of the feeling on both sides in the darkness. I'm thankful for that time. He has to say his name. You can't even say he. You got to say Brett Favre. Talking about the four day darkness retreat. Two and a half days. They only did for two days. He said, "There's a finality to the decision. I don't take it. I don't make it lightly. I don't want to drag anybody around. I'm answering questions about it because I've got asked about it." Okay. So, to me, there's a decided difference. There's a big. We talk about this all the time. There's a big gap between these two situations. Brett Favre, like John Madden said. He has to say his name. You can't even say he. you got to say Brett Favre. Brett Favre retired, then changed his mind. He made a decision, then changed his mind. Aaron Rodgers is waffling over the decision itself. Just make a decision. Then if you change your mind, like, you know what? I'm coming back to the Packers. And then you go three months, and you're like, you know what? It's probably best if you trade me. This just isn't going to work. Then you can compare it to, well, that's, I don't want to be Brett Favre. Right. Brett Favre at least made the decision. He changed his mind three times. But at least he made a decision. He didn't, you know, drag it. Away. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've got to go to a darkness retreat. I've got to figure this out. I've got to, I've really got to, you know, tap into, into, right. into my... Brett to myself and what you what you have that inner dialogue deer yeah. played in his Levi's and his copper fit with Jerry Rice actually we're Wranglers I'm sorry because he pimped Wranglers it's the same thing it's denim you know just like come on make a decision so we move on from that to the Broncos Sean Payton George Payton at Indianapolis at the draft to combine this week and so one of the questions is about the Broncos offensive line and because that is key moving forward. A lot of things to to consider in regard to Garrett Bowles' future with this team, Dalton Reisner more more uh you know in the near future in terms of Reisner and his contract. Here's George Payton on the Broncos offensive line and also talk about Garrett Bowles' health. We need to upgrade at the offensive line. We we do expect Garrett uh, to be to be healthy. Um there's a lot of different ways to acquire any position, you know, free agency, the draft. Uh, it just kind of depends what's stronger. Is it, is it free agency stronger or is the draft stronger? And, and obviously we need to upgrade there in the offensive line. All right. So one of the things that they write about in The Athletic is when Sean Payton took over the offensive line. When, in 2005, they had a 3-13 and season. They ranked near the bottom of the league in rushing efficiency, struggled to keep quarterbacks upright, and generally just didn't have a whole lot of continuity on the offensive line. In one season... The week one starting five along the state's offensive line the next season. Sean Payton's first year featured four players who were part of that group that opened the prior season. And the fifth player, Jamal Brown, switched from right to left tackle. And so in Payton's first season, the Saints improved to ninth in rushing DVOA and gave up the fourth fewest sacks in the league. And then he continued to build through the draft. Jahari Evans, uh, Jermon Bushrod, and Carl Nix start for the Saints in, in the Super Bowl year of 2009. So those were guys that they drafted. And a four-starter from that championship team, veteran center Jonathan Goodwin, Peyton picked him up during the free agency period when he signed Drew Brees. So that was a guy that they acquired through free agency. And so if you look at the track record for Sean Peyton, that being able to fix the offensive line 
through the draft, through free agency, has been something he's had a tremendous amount of success with. Broncos gave up a league-high 63 sacks. They ranked 30th in sack rate, 9.9%. They were 23rd in pressure rate allowed, 35.6%, according to True Media. They were 28th in expected points added per rush. The running game, until the final two weeks, there was not a consistent rushing attack for the Broncos. And along with having a really tough time keeping Russell Wilson upright. Yeah, and we talked with Cody Rourke about the offensive line to an, a little bit yesterday of an extent. He says not to be surprised if your starting left guard is Calvin Anderson and everybody else along the front is new. Yeah. Whether it's Reisner, Glasgow, Cushenberry, all being moved on, Garrett Bowles being traded. Don't be surprised if one face returns from last year and it's Calvin Anderson at left tackle. Which would be surprising to most people. Yeah. It would be Calvin Anderson. All right, one final thing. You mentioned Cody Rourke, who joins us every Wednesday in the program, Mile High Sports, Mile High Sports Radio. He has a piece at milehighsports.com about backup quarterback options for the Broncos. Because, look, Russell Wilson's 34. Injuries happen in this league, regardless of the age of a quarterback. And so you need a valuable backup. And maybe it's going to be Brett Rippon. Probably won't be Brett Rippon. But he goes to the list of potential. It should be Brett Rippon. And it could, it could very well be Brett Rippon. I could see Rippon st- staying around. Yeah. I see Sean Payton kind of seeing a little bit of himself in, in Brett Rippon, more cerebral quarterback, mm-hmm. not the most athletic guy in the world. And, and so the potential out-of-market backup options he's listed here. We'll just hit on a couple of these very quickly. Jacoby Brissett, last, this last season with your Browns, and, and had to play a lot because of the Deshaun Watson situation. Yeah, he's a frustrating player to watch. Threw for 2,608 yards, 12 touchdowns through the air, two rushing touchdowns, six picks. He had a, completion, a career-high completion rate, though, of 64%. He also had led two fourth-quarter comebacks and game-winning drives. So Jacoby Brissett might be a good fit here in terms of a backup guy, guy that could come in and run the offense and have some success. I know for you, frustrating guy to watch at times. Like, his numbers look great. And they were kind of in a lot of games, and a lot of the the bad taste is not his fault. It's the defensive fault. But there were times you felt like Jacoby Brissett could be doing more to help the team down the field, and he wasn't. Then you look at his numbers, and you're like, all right. I mean, I guess he, he played all right, I guess. It's weird. Mentions Carson Wentz, who got released by the Washington Commanders. Pass. That he's a season removed from a 3,500-yard, 27-touchdown, 7-interception season with the Colts. He also Uh, probably still thinks he can start. Probably so. Marcus Mariota, who has managed to play himself out of the Atlanta Falcons organization. Taylor Heineke. Could be a guy that started... Could be a good off-the-bench guy for the Broncos, a guy mm-hmm. that's started and had experience in the league. Jameis Winston's another name that has popped up as well on his list of potential out-of-market options at the backup quarterback that would be position. would fun to have in town. That would, that would be interesting. Winston. All right, uh, before we take a break, we need to play the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is... Yes, up for grabs today, the huge, as we call it in this part. It's a case of New Belgium, delicious refreshment courtesy of our friends at high country beverage first correct answer on the text line 
Chick-fil-A text line 970-242-1340. If you've won any time in the last two weeks, sit it out. If you're not legally old enough to put, purchase your own beer, also sit it out. I am a Remember Me edition of Who Is It? I was a Rocky. It was one of my eight major league stops. After appearing in 11 World Series games for the Braves, they cut me after I broke my leg. Then they won the World Series that year, too. The Rockies traded me to Oakland for Robin Jennings, who played in the Junior College World Series. And today is my birthday. Who is it? All right, first correct answer wins a case of New Belgium beer from High Country Beverage. If you're uh, not 21 or older, don't play the game. If you won the last two weeks, don't play either. Text your answer in now, 970-242-1340. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the Team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Welcome back. Jim and the Buckeye Boys from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. All right, joining us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, Brian Williams. Good morning, Brian. Bronco Sarge, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How's everybody over there? Oh, we're doing okay. We're doing all right. Uh, yeah. You're joining us today not to talk about uh, dressing up in your uh, Bronco Sarge outfit and going to Broncos games. We're talking about the Colorado Youth Football Invitational. It's uh, fourth through eighth grades. And uh, tell us your involvement with it, Brian, and, uh, and we'll get into some of the, the local kids that are going to be playing in this game uh, in the Invitational, but uh, tell us how you're involved with the whole thing. Uh, I'm, I'm not really involved other than my, my son is playing in the game and um, a couple of players from around the Valley are playing in the game, and so I just wanted to kind of get the info out and let people know how they can watch it and support the Western Slope. Our boys have been working real hard to get over there and uh, represent the the west side you know absolutely i just wanted to call in give some cool info about this thing it's really a really neat um experience they're getting ready to go through now they can actually can watch the game it's sunday by the way youtube.com at cfyia all stars and so you can you can watch the game on sunday where's it being played this sunday give us a game time for this as well and then we'll get into the the kids that are playing okay uh the fifth grade team plays at 10 30 a.m. Um, and the seventh grade team will be playing at 12 or at 3:30. Sorry, um, and they're playing at the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse. The whole event is being put on at the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse in Denver. Um, we are traveling over tonight. All the boys check in tomorrow morning, um, and then they go through a, a whole process. We're doing a, a combine um, in which all the boys. Uh, we'll, we'll go through the combine just like the NFL, and actually the company that's doing it is the same company that does the NFL combine, all their, uh, you know, gadgets and doohickeys that keep, keep the time. Um, and uh, then that info is going to be input into the National Collegiate um, Recruiting Database, which is pretty cool, so they can get on the map with this thing. Um, and then they've got a couple of practices, and then they get right into it on, on Sunday to play, uh, uh, you know, the best of the best from the state of Colorado in youth football. Yeah, this is 240 players selected from 91 different schools from around the state. Uh, over 500 kids, uh, they, uh, they, they, they submitted their, uh, their paperwork to, to be involved in this. There's five players from the Grand Valley Youth Football Lightweight Division. 
from the Redlands Chargers, Andrew Neese, uh, Taylor Knob, Lonnie's boy, right? Uh, Lonnie Knob's son? Yep, that's right. Okay. Yep. Uh, Grant Lewis, and you put him on here, the assassin. Your son, Titan Williams. And then from the West yeah. Raiders, uh, Damian Robles. And so those are the, yep. the young players, the five from the, the lightweight division that will be playing in the game coming up on Sunday. Yes, and then uh, there, there are also five in the fifth grade. Um, I put four in my little notes that, that I sent you, but I missed one. Um, we got Dane Coleman from the fifth grade Chargers, Teague Meyer, Colin Neese, Andrew Springer, and Logan McFarlane also going to be playing. So a lot of representation uh, for the West Slope. We're talking with Brian Williams. It's the Cutbury Youth Football Invitational. Brian, do you know how many years they've been doing uh, this particular event, or is this the first time for it? Yeah, that's kind of the cool thing is this is the, the inaugural uh, attempt at it. They're doing it. And these guys, i got to say, are, are super professional. Um, they've put out, and they're doing so many different little things. You know, there's the merch store. They've got uh, In-N-Out Burger um, that's going to be there cooking food for people. They've got, um, you know, seating. They're going to have uh, uh, a ring ceremony for the team that wins. Um, and i got to tell you that the, the live feed that's going to be on YouTube is super-duper professional. It's, um, it's from a company called uh let's see it's from a company called coach gtv and uh miles dunklin the uh voice of the colorado school of mines or diggers is doing the play-by-play with uh mark jackson on color oh the the mark jackson former bronco mark jackson yeah. right yes he used to yep. do a show on our radio station, station yeah. yeah absolutely well one yep. of the three amigos well that, that'll be great so once again you can watch it youtube.com at cfyia all stars um, so once again, it's youtube.com at C Y F I a all stars. It's this Sunday. And once again, that first game is what? 1030 Sunday morning. Yep. 1030. Actually they play at eight thirty. Like if you want to watch all day long, there, there's fourth, fifth, okay. uh, six lightweight and heavyweight basically, um, all day long. It'll be on, on that channel. Um, but our boys will be, uh, at 1030 and 330. We're talking with Brian Williams about the inaugural Colorado Youth Football Invitational. And so any, any local coaches involved with this, or just all coaches from over in the front range that will be doing this, Brian? Uh, other than myself and uh, Lonnie, Coach Lonnie, and uh, Brad Neath, um and Ryan Lewis, we've been out there working with these boys. Uh, it's kind of odd timing, you know, because they all quit playing football in October, and um, – all of them have been playing basketball. A lot of them are getting ready for baseball and lacrosse. And so we've had to kind of fit in as much football activities um, as we can. And so uh, my, our little coaching staff um, and uh, uh, kind of a fledgling operation of Valor Sports Academy has been putting these boys through the ringer, getting them ready for this thing. Well, best of luck to our uh, Western Slope representatives, our Grand Valley representatives here playing in both those games uh, for the the lightweight division and the fifth graders as well. And once again, you can watch it all this Sunday, youtube.com at CYFIA All-Stars if you want to check out all those local athletes playing. And it's uh, incredible. I said, uh, you know, 240 players selected and and we've got, what, uh, 10 players from here in the Valley that will be playing in that game. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, good representation for uh, our side of the hill. Hey, Brian, I appreciate the time. You guys have a safe trip. Have a lot of fun. And and go Western Slope. Go uh, our guys that will be playing in the game. Appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Brian Williams uh, with the Cover Youth Football Invitational while uh, representing uh, the Grand Valley Youth Football Association. And uh, the players are going to be playing in uh, that game coming up on Sunday, those two games.
for both the lightweights and also the fifth graders as well. Pretty cool stuff. Texture calls, 970-242-1340. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Uh, Coming up, we'll have our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week. Tell you who that is coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Do we have a winner yet, by the way? We do. Okay, very good. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Jared correctly identifying, remember, Ron Gant was a Rocky? Yes, Ron Gant. Got the Ron Gant, yeah. He appeared in 11 World Series games for the Braves, broke his leg in an ATV accident, and so they cut him, and then they went to win the 95 World Series. Then the Rockies traded him to Oakland for Robin Jennings, who played for then Manatee in the Junior College World Series. They had forgot that Gant was a, a Rocky, did briefly, but was a Rocky. Yep. All right, 835, Jim Aloff, the Buckeye Boy, text calls 970-242-1340. We'll have a four-down territory coming up in just a little bit as well. You can uh, text in today. I've got some thoughts. I've been going through the moving process, which uh, it's, been, it's been 22 years since I moved. And, um, man, it's... Uh, it's been a lot. We love the new house. It's going to be great, but man, it's been it's been a lot to deal with. Mostly, my my poor wife Kenda's had to deal with the uh, the brunt of a lot of things going on in this deal. Mm-hmm. She's definitely been the brains, and I've been the alleged brawn in this stuff. A lot of times, she's also been the brawn too, though. Let's let's be honest about that. Uh, she's been she's been working her tail off. Eight thirty six. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. It's the Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week on the team. And our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week brought to you by Scotty's Complete Car Care Center and uh, Scotty's Complete Car Care Center. They're located at 437 Pitkin Avenue. Pit, excuse me, Pitkin Avenue. I've got a little frog in my throat today. 437 Pitkin Avenue in Grand Junction. And you can go to scottyscompleteautorepair.com or call them at 970-245-0101. And if you're having problems with your, uh, your diesel truck or car, if you're having uh, heating and cooling issues, Scotty's Complete Car Care Center, they have you covered. Stop by and see them today at 437 Pitkin Avenue. And our Athlete of the Week this week, brought to you by Scotty's Complete Car Care Center, Christina Manzanares of the Central Girls Basketball Team. Christina Manzanares with 12 points in Central's loss to Centaurus in the uh, 5A State Girls Basketball Tournament. Uh, Christina with the the 12-point effort. She had a couple of threes. She was 4-for-4 four four from the free-throw line in the Warriors' loss in that basketball game. And on the season, Christina Manzanares leading Central with almost 14 points per game and 4.3 rebounds per contest. She also uh, led the team in assists. She was second in rebounding, but led the team in assists at 3.2 assists per game and also led uh, the Warriors in steals at over three uh, three steals per game as well. So Christina Manzanera is the junior for uh, Mary Doan and the Central Warriors. Our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. We're hoping to have Christina on, but uh, wasn't able to make that uh, happen today. But uh, congratulations to her as our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. All right, 841. 
Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Mark Johnson had a uh, power outage, internet issue at his Uh-oh. house. So Mark's going to join us at 920 this morning. Brian Roth from the uh, the voice of the CSU Rams from the CSU uh, radio network will join us at uh, 9 o'clock as we'll talk a little Rams and Buffs in the 9 o'clock hour. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Jim along with the Buckeye boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. And this hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right. Let's see. Um... What is your number one requirement in finding a new home? No barking dogs from the neighbors. Isn't that everybody's requirement, though? Isn't it? That you don't want barking dogs? I mean, it's not the number one, but it's a probably up high on the list, right? I I mean, I don't know. We have barking dogs in our neighborhood. It, just, I, it depends on how much it bothers you, I guess. Depends on the frequency, the amount, the amount that they bark. Mm-hmm. If they bark nonstop, then that's a problem. That's an issue. If they bark a little bit, okay. And everybody's, if you have a dog, your dog does that time to time. And so I think we learn to live with that. But when it's, it's 20, 30 minutes of nonstop barking, that's eh, kind of a problem. Also got a, a text with a video of Deion Sanders talking about attributes he looks for in quarterbacks and linemen. And it was from the Rich Eisen show, by the way. And I, I don't have time to, to dive into all of it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, interesting take on players that come from single-parent households. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Yeah, you know, look, Dion's had more experience with that than than I certainly ever will have, and so I tends to feel like those players are coddled somewhat. That's the impression I got from watching the video. I haven't seen it. I just clicked I, on it momentarily. No, really I just clicked on it. I haven't seen a write up about it. I, yeah, I don't know. I can't he's, speak. He to says quarterbacks. You want mother, father. Want that kid to be three point five GPA. No bad decisions off the field at all for for quarterbacks because he has to be a leader of men. Offensive lineman. I look for dual parent homes. Strong father that they adhere to. Smart kid. At least three point three GPA and above. And now defensive lineman. Totally opposite. Single mama. Trying to get it. He's on a free lunch. I mean, like, he. I mean, he's talking about just trying to make it. Okay, he's trying to rescue Mama. Okay, so what he's looking for guys that, not that Mama's making it easy for him, that he works hard because he has a one parent mm-hmm. that he's trying to trying to please, trying to help, trying to, in his own way, take care of, trying to be the man of the house. Okay. I, I think people go through their own journeys, right? Mm-hmm. People that go through their their own life paths, whether it's traditional mother father parenting situation, parents that are co parenting, single family or single parent situation. Let's see. People not using my twenty five mile per hour street as a drag strip. Yeah, that's one for me too. To be quite honest, that is one for me as far as looking for a new home. 
coddled athletes saying ain't so. Now, is Paul talking about what we're just discussing? I think it was in the fact that athletes are coddled, film at 11 type thing. Because he's got a little bit of history of that. Well, let's maybe this will, feels like. maybe this will uh, kind of dovetail into this 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 discussion because oh, yeah. last week top tier athletes or no this is Monday top tier athletes being enabled say it ain't so that's from Paul so that's from Paul okay he's got a well this will probably like I said dove, dovetail into this thing that, that Paul just texted in about but the, for the first time the NFL Players Association they released their player survey of teams locker and weight rooms nutritional options and how teams take care of players families this is in a Denver Post story by the way mm-hmm of the 32 teams in the league, Buckeye, I don't know if you've looked at the story or not. Uh, I've seen quite a bit of this. Yes. Okay, so you know where the Broncos are ranked. 20th. 20th. And when Denver when Denver players turn in their surveys, that's where they have the Broncos ranked. The team picked up A grades for the strength and conditioning department, which Lauren Landau, no longer the Broncos strength and conditioning coach, mm-hmm. but got a D grade for how families are treated and for the locker room. The post says the survey indicated the players felt the new ownership group is making an effort to try to improve player conditions. Yeah, it. some of the other points from this article, the Broncos are one of two teams in the NFL that do not offer vitamins as part of the nutrition plan, I guess. The other team being the Bengals, from what I understand. Um, there's no family room for families. It's, I don't know what what to make of all of this. I'm not sure how often are families at Dove Valley. How often are they at Broncos headquarters? This includes the stadium as well. In the stadium? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there's an athletic write-up that kind of goes over all. It doesn't really detail team-specific grades. It's just kind of the overlook that there are some teams that don't offer areas for players' wives to nurse, but they do for coaches' wives. Or they don't at all, and they force the wives, not force, but the wives they don't have, are, they, have to, they have to go to they the restroom. They to going to the restroom, you know, or things like that. Or the locker room's small, or office space, meeting space is smaller than other teams. It So it's kind of the, as J.C. Treader called it, essentially the quality of life for the player survey. His workspace at the facility, his workspace... You know, traveling to and from games, road, you know, home stadiums, and the like. The overall environment that a team provides, yeah, and the things much. that the things that they control, mm-hmm. and the survey for the Broncos shows that 100 percent. This is from the Post article that 100 percent of player respondents believe that the new ownership group is willing to invest in upgrading the facilities. One example was the team's decision to replace the playing surface at the end of last season, despite it being the last home game of the year. So, and in the five categories on the NFLPA website, treatment of families, Broncos get a D plus. Nutrition, they get a D. Training rooms, a C plus. Weight room, a B plus. And strength staff was an A minus, who... That remains to be seen how that's going to work out Exactly, they're going to have a new one. And so if you're wondering, okay, which two are the best, uh, Minnesota Vikings, Miami Dolphins took home the top two spots. Mm-hmm. Bottom two, 
Not a shock here. Washington Commanders, they were dead last. Yep. Arizona, 31st. Yeah, they, the Commanders were pretty much dead last or in the 30s, ranking-wise, for everything. Broncos also get a B-plus in team travel. Which is good. Yeah, you know. The strength coaches, like we mentioned, the training room, training staff. Locker room is the D-plus. That mainly is Dove Valley, which is closing in on 35 years old, I yeah. think. So, I mean, they're talking about replacing First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, and that's less than 30 years old. So, you're getting to a point now to where once you hit that 20-year mark with the stadium, you're essentially obsolete, and you got to start all over. And we've seen that, and that may be where this is coming from. And there was the discussion about the Broncos possibly moving out of Denver. Mm-hmm. Michael Hancock, the, the mayor, was yeah. quite adamant about you know imploring the new ownership to keep the Broncos in Denver. They were considering maybe building a stadium out in Stapleton, in that area, by the old Stapleton Airport, DIA. And at least as of right now, there doesn't seem to be a movement by the Broncos ownership to do that at, at this juncture with the, the new video board and a lot of the things that they're doing in terms of remodel at uh, Empower Field a mile high. So, but that could still be in the offing that this ownership group may feel like that that's necessary moving forward to build a, a stadium from, you know, outside downtown Denver and increased parking. Those kind of things would be available to them if they move it from, you know, from, yeah, Right there off I-25. And he wasn't talking about the Broncos specifically, but J.C. Treader did say that you'll see what teams value input-wise in next year's survey. You know, how things improve. The treatment of players, nutrition, strength, stuff like that. He's like, we don't expect people to knock down facilities and rebuild them in three months. But some of these other things you can take care of next by the end of next season. You know, your food service and nutrition, way families are treated, maybe team travel. Broncos were tied for 12th, you know, in the league, which is not, not bad. Some of those things you can improve, right? So the survey going forward, they believe that the Penner-Walton, you know, Rice Hamilton ownership group will improve upon these things, but next year, if they rank even worse in nutrition, family treatment, things like that, then that number one hundred percent may go down a little bit. And I would think that obviously the the Walton Pinner group they're they're they they're looking at this, they're looking at this survey, yeah, and they're going to take it to heart. They're going to say, okay, where can you we hope, improve? Yeah. Where can we do things better? I think it was a valid point about what they did with the field. They didn't have to redo the field with one game left. Mm -hmm. He said, we're fine. We'll just do it next year. No, we're playing one more game. We want the field to be right for our players. We don't want anybody to get hurt because the the field conditions. And it was like $400,000, almost $500,000 to do that. Yeah. And so... Should have let them do the Super Bowl field, too. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure they... Both the Eagles and the Chiefs would have loved that. If they would have been the ones redoing the field, but that didn't happen. Of course, well, it's Arizona. Mm-hmm. We're at yeah. Arizona. We're at Arizona rank. That's thirty-first in this whole thing. All right, eight fifty-three, and uh, we'll hop into. We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. 
All right, remember Chris Weber? Remember the NCAA basketball tournament championship game? Yeah, he's still call- trying to call timeouts. Well, unfortunately, Jay Nivey pulled a Chris Weber the other day. That uh, that Ivy, who is a rookie, by the way, went to make an inbounds pass from the half-court stripe as a five-second violation crept closer. He opted to call timeout so the Pistons, because he plays for the Pistons, could try it again. The only problem was they were out of timeouts, and he failed to realize that. Whoops. Uh-oh. Also, second down, Alex Rodriguez and his partner Mark Lohr have raised $20 million in new funding for a startup called Jump. Remember, they own, believe, Lord, they both own uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Sure. A-Rod? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. He wants to provide, they want to provide fans with a new avenue to attend events and enjoy certain experiences while there at this uh, startup called Jump that, uh, according to Fortune Magazine, A-Rod and Lore began exploring the sector when they tried to buy the Mets in 2020. So... Apparently, they're going to try to rival Live Nation. And they feel like there's an opportunity there to make something happen, considering the situation with Taylor Swift and the congressional hearings and all the I mean, bad if about, about uh, Ticketmaster. If there's somebody as unlikable as Live Nation, it's a Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Right? And also... He's why saying, I'm not as... Look, I'm not that bad. Right. Why use the three-syllable word when you can use a one-syllable? Avenue. Why not just say way? A new way for fans. Because the new avenue, like, oh, they're getting a new street put in to, no. like, another entry? No. It's, they're just a different way. Can't say way. Have to say avenue. Anyway, we had Reese uh, Davis about four down territory last week with the bacon. Reese at it again as he has Duke taking on Louisville with uh, one player for, uh, sorry, NC State, DJ Burns. Now, Burns. See if he can use that big old fanny and back Derek Lively down. Puts it up and scores! Uh, DJ Burns has quite the backside on him. Sir Mix-a-Lot, big fan, and Reese Davis not shy So about DJ Burns okay with that, though, because sometimes if you... I don't know if he's okay you, with that. Because uh, occasionally we've ran into problems saying that about a player, mm-hmm. about their girth or about something to do with them, and That's there are people That's usually that get, a gender problem, too. Yeah, it's true. So... DJ, this was a men's basketball game, so probably a little bit. He knows bit. he's got a big button. He's okay with it. Yeah, and, and it does not lie. Absolutely. Uh, fourth down, speaking of radio or TV announcers with the saying random things, this comes from Twitter, Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio. Now, if you look down at your keyboard, the C is right next to the X. Correct. And while trying to point out a note about the SE. C tournament. Matt Jones says if Kentucky wins tonight, the Cats are locked into the three seed of the SEX tournament. Oh. Whoops. Oh. Yeah, that's definitely definitely a Carl Lewis. Uh-oh. Yep. Understandable. So. Regrettable. Yeah. Understandable, though. Three seed, though, in the uh, SEX tournament <laughs> kind of is an awkward place to be in. Kind of an awkward place to be. We'll leave it right there. We'll take a break. We'll come back with hour three. Brian Roth and Mark Johnson, Rams and Buffstock, for the nine o'clock hour on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.